2: Now, I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: This is the Lombardi
3: Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN.
4: Welcome to the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. We're here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas. And for the first time since I've seen Wes over the weekend, you're not wearing your green jacket.
3: I know. Now that's put in the back of the closet you, until next St. Patrick's
4: Day. So you do Day. not wear it at all. No. There's no other time that the green jacket comes yeah, out. Yeah,
3: I put it back. I haven't I haven't decided if I want to break it in for Christmas and, you know, maybe go green jacket, <laughs> red sweater or Kinda something like, that, like that, but that could be a possibility, but otherwise until St. Patrick's Day we don't see the appearance.
4: Got another jam-packed show today. Of course, we're going to have the king of New York City, as I like to say. Will Hill is going to join us later on this hour. And then the second hour, we're going to talk all things Major League Baseball with Josh Towers, of course, formerly of the Baltimore Orioles, and now our contributor here on VEASAN. But I do want to start off with golf because you and I were enthralled. I really enjoyed, obviously, watching the Masters with you while we were doing the show On Sunday, as Scotty Scheffler goes ahead, look, there was some drama Mm -hmm. as you and I were documenting as as it was happening live, but in the end, a three shot victory over Rory McElroy. If
3: only we had a seven putt there on 18, then we would have maybe been in business.
4: How about that? How about you four jack 18 and you still win by three? That's Mm -hmm. how dominant, really, Scotty Scheffler. Uh, turned out to be in this one here. He was not the betting favorite coming in. Obviously, he was 16-1 to 1 is what some people got bet MGM uh, pre flop here. Uh, but you look at it now because we've got another major coming up. And this is what I love about what uh, the golf uh, world has now done is by moving the PGA Championship into the May slot. And remember, that used to be the last major of the year. Now it's the second major of the year. So now we go Masters. We go PGA Championship, then we go U.S. Open, then we go British Open. So you see the, the tickets that cash there, and boy, Rory, that backdoor top five, it, it just it's always there for him. I saw that, uh, I believe, there was a big bet out that Cam Smith and Scotty Scheffler finished one and two. Because those are basically the two hottest golfers on the planet. Boy, is that, that better hate Rory McIlroy after firing that 64 on Sunday. You know, I look ahead to the uh, to the PGA and Wes, my first question for you is John Rahm is still the betting favorite.
3: Yeah, and and look, I was talking about this with Gil Alexander yesterday on a numbers game. It feels like, you know, in golf we can become a little bit prisoner of the moment. Look, look, I think Scotty Scheffler's here to stay in terms of being a, a really great player mm-hmm. in, in the world of golf. And Keep in mind, before he ever even won at Phoenix for his first career PGA Tour win, guy was still number 14 in the world. Right? So it's not like this guy came out of nowhere where it's like, oh, he's 150 in the OWGR, and then all of a sudden he gets hot. But four wins, last six starts, $10 million in earnings. That's more than he earned in his entire career, about two and a half years on the PGA Tour in his last four starts. <laughs> number one in the world, now has a green jacket. But what I think that we are seeing, Dave... Is we're getting these little over the last several years, like these short term dominant periods. We've had several guys have those. Remember, Brooks Kepka won a couple majors in 2017. Rory McElroy's five majors were all in a three year span. Boom. Jordan Speef had a dominant uh, point. And then we had golfers that looked like they were going to start to be dominant. Remember when DJ won the Masters yeah. in November of 2020? It's like, oh, this guy's going to win a ton more. He hasn't even won a PJ Tour event, won that one event in Saudi Arabia. And then we thought, okay. We're going to see Morikawa. Morikawa won a two, couple. two in a calendar year. Yep. That he's going to be the dominant guy. Or we thought John Rahm was going to be when he won at the U.S. Open after he should have won the Memorial. Remember, he had to withdraw due to COVID-19. He, they told him right when he's coming off the 18th green. He had a six-shot lead going into Sunday. And then two weeks later, he wins the U.S. Open, becomes number one in the world, holds it for about 36 weeks. But Rahm hasn't gone off to be the dominant player. So we really don't have... You know i think a dominant player so that's why i'm not necessarily going all in with scotty sheffler to say okay man this guy you know this guy is the next tiger maybe the next <laughs> tiger if there is a next tiger is a 10 year old prodigy You're right somewhere in the world that we don't know about that's going to come you know grab the tour by the you know what's in a dozen years or something but I just don't think that we can become prisoner of the moment just yet. Now, Scheffler is the co-favorite in a lot of PGA Tour markets with John Rahm, and I think justifiably so. But these great players, and that's what I always say about these great players, like the Rahms and the Justin Thomases and maybe the Rory McIlroys, Dustin Johnson. It seems like the great players are never too far from winning. That's why you never see them drift in the market to like 25 or 30 to 1, where it's like, okay, autoplay on these guys.
4: And that's the thing. It's, it's, I don't know if it's harder to handicap, because look, in the Tiger era, and obviously Tiger's still there, and it was great having him back at the Masters. But you clearly – you had a clear-cut favorite in every major championship, and his name was Eldrick Woods. And we knew that, right? And Phil Mickelson is probably going to be the second betting favorite. And then you went on and and tried to figure out how you're going to play top tens and top 20s because you knew Tiger was going to be in the mix just about every time. Now, with the depth that the golf world has, I don't know if it's better or worse for the game because you heard the complaints of, like, well, it's Scotty Scheffler, and he doesn't really move the needle Mm – to your point of guys winning two or, you know, Brooks winning four in a relatively short amount of, uh, of time, JT getting his, we all thought he'd keep winning majors and Colin getting his two. Is it better for, is it harder in the betting community in golf when you really don't have a top dog? You got a bunch of dogs, but not one lead dog.
3: I personally think it's better because look, when Tiger was really at his peak, we were getting him about even money oh, to win majors where it's like, Gosh, there's, there's like no value. It's almost impossible to go against this guy. You know, go back to that, that that 2014 run where I think he won like six straight events. I think it was 2014. Six straight starts he made, he won. So it's like it's hard to step in front of that guy. <laughs> but I think it's good because, you know, you get right now, you get a bunch of guys kind of in that top level where there's not much separation, even though Scotty Scheffler clearly the number one player in the world right now. But there's not a ton of separation between him and maybe a Colin Marikawa or him and a John Rahm or somebody like that, or even a guy that hasn't won a major that's ranked top five in the world, Patrick Cantlay. How about that? Cameron Smith now has moved into the top five. I think he actually just passed Cantlay. Cantlay now down to number six in the OWGR. But these guys are all really good, and there's so many of them where it seems like the market is almost getting more top-heavy with that top ten, and then there's like a drop-off, you know, where it drops like to the mid-30s to the 40s when you get to like the – the Tyrrell Hattons sure. and now the Bryson DeChambeau, how about that? Kind of fallen off because he was fifth, by the way. That's another guy. I well, didn't we thought he, he was going to win a That's ton another of majors. Guy I didn't mention after Wingfoot when he bombed and gouged that course and and dominated and won big. It's like, oh my god, nobody, no, nobody has the length to compete with this guy. I remember we had a, a gentleman in here on our long shots program, myself and Brady Cannon, like, man, he's going to run away with the Masters, you know? And you just thought that he very well could, and. In 2021, at the end of last year, I believe he was fifth in the golf ranking. Now, a lot of this has been injuries and him missing tournaments and just not playing as much. Mm -hmm. He's almost ready to fall out of the top 20 in the official world golf rankings. So this can happen like overnight where you get a guy like Scheffler that gets on a heater and gets on a run. Or you get a guy; that goes absolutely cold because of injuries, or maybe tinkering with the swing. Uh, looking at you, Jordan Spieth. Uh, you know, keep it simple. You Just know, hit keep, the ball, Keep Jordan. it simple. Uh, My take, goodness, take the Dustin Johnson approach. But you know, that's what happens. A guy kind of goes cold, gets injuries, misses events, and all of a sudden you see him tumble down the rankings.
4: You know, it's funny. I, I look up and I see the Tigers around 40 to one that you're seeing in some of the marketplace here. Uh, We don't even know if he's going to play. Yeah,
3: he's only committed to the Open Championship right now at St. Andrews. So PGA... Next month uh, at Southern Hills and then the U.S. Open at Brookline where Tiger was part of that Ryder Cup team in right. uh, 1999 as a 23-year-old, a second Ryder Cup. Remember the Ben Crenshaw? I got a good feeling about this. <laughs> I got a good feeling about tomorrow and they came back and beat the Europeans.
4: You mentioned Scotty Scheffler is going to be one of the co-favorites uh, coming in this with John Rahm. And I know Justin Thomas is going to be on most of the shortlist uh, as we look ahead next month. Scotty Scheffler won an amateur event here where they're going to be playing the PGA championship here. So course knowledge is certainly going to be there with Scotty Scheffler. How do you start to gauge what Scotty has been able to do? I know that the number won't be as good as we could have got at 16 to one here, certainly at Augusta national, but is it, is it kind of, you will say like with with good players and good teams that, it, that get on runs, you don't want to be right in front of those guys. Mm-hmm. Is that the same right now for Scotty Sheffer that, hey, even though the number might not be as good, this guy is just going to be there. Right. It feels like come Sunday.
3: You know, Gil asked me that question yesterday and it's like, do you feel like you have to have at least a little piece of this guy in right. the PGA? And I kind of do and I probably will have at least a small, what I call a saver. That's that's usually a term in horse racing where it's like, okay, I got to put a saver on the favorite in the race, even though you want to beat the favorite, so I gotta include the guy the the chalk horse in like the pick <laughs> four or the pick six. So that's kind of what it feels like with Scotty Scheffler and plus the fact that the next PGA or uh, major the PGA championships in Tulsa, Oklahoma at Southern Hills, which he once called his favorite golf course to play and obviously played it a lot in college, being at the University of Texas. So played a lot of intercollegiate events there. So You feel like you have to even though you're not going to get a gift on the prize. but he's still not going to be single digits he's probably going to be 12 12 to one or something like that Mm -hmm. so you know i would say maybe he goes on and wins another event he's not playing this week at the rbc heritage in hilton head but he'll be in new orleans in a couple weeks and uh, the guy that is one of the best picker uh, this guy ryan palmer who won this event with oh. John Rahm a couple years ago in New Orleans. That's the event in two weeks because it's a, a, a team event mm-hmm. there. Ryan Palmer is like Matt Humans at the uh, Westgate uh, golf outing for the Super <laughs> Contest. He knows how to find the ringers, brother, and he's got Scotty Scheffler. Wow. Now they are teaming up Texas A&M and Texas here in two weeks. So – you know that's the way you got to do it. You got you to pick the ringer, and uh, Scotty Scheffler clearly the ringer right now.
4: I think you, you uh, diagrammed it pretty well, and this is for people that are betting in this space here, that golfers, especially the, the best in the world, they win in bunches, and that's what we're seeing right now with Scotty Scheffler, four wins already this year. And by the way, Cameron Smith had two wins and four starts going into the Masters. And
3: I did grab a bunch of Cameron Smith, by the way, just trying to take prices. I think they may have dipped over the weekend. Uh, there was some 40 to ones out there, and at a uh, Raft wings, oh. we'll call it, uh, okay. uh, to not uh, offend the sponsor here. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, now you're seeing those drift a little bit. But I said grab all the Cam Smith for the rest of the majors that you can.
4: Yeah, that's the way it normally goes. They win in bunches right now. Scotty Sheffer certainly is doing that. When we come back, we will talk a little play-in on the NBA. Come on back the Lombardi line right here on Beeson, the Sports betting now. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please get responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. And we do have... The second season in the NBA, I guess, in earnest, we will be beginning tonight with the play-in games here. And we have the seventh-versus-eighth-place teams. That would be the Cavs against the Nets in the East. This one will take place in Brooklyn tonight. And, oh, by the way, Cleveland not very good against Brooklyn this year. three seven one ATS in their last 11 against Brooklyn. They are – the overs trended well, 4-0 in their last four after playing on just one day's rest – Brooklyn, by the way, 2-6 and ATS in their last eight. They have not been a strong play there. The over again is hitting five of the last seven against Cleveland. How do you break down this play-in matchup tonight?
3: I think, uh, and I have not bet this matchup as of yet tonight, I think from a number standpoint, Mm -hmm. the number is a little bit inflated on the Brooklyn Nets. We're now seeing nine and a half at BetMGM. I think there's still some nine. uh, Might be a rogue eight and a half out there. But now that we're getting a nine and a half, because – I made this a little bit less than eight and a half, which is, you know, we're pretty much open universally. So look, Brooklyn did what they had to do. They, you know, they got themselves to lock up the seven essentially in the play in tournament. And that's what they wanted to do. So they get a home game. They also get Cleveland, who you mentioned they handled relatively easy during the season. Three of the meetings took place early in the season, so the one you want to focus on is these two teams did play four days ago. Mm-hmm. The Nats 1.31 PPP points per possession, but 35-19 fourth quarter, and they needed that fourth quarter to go ahead and grab the win and the cover at home. You just see with Cleveland, we knew that they were going to regress a little bit because, like, they were, what, I think second going into the all-star break, and you knew they were going to regress, but they have plummeted a bit. Seven and 11 and five and 13 against the number since they lost Jarrett Allen to injury, and it's really been the defense. You look, the 18 games without Jarrett Allen, they're allowing 118.7 points per 100 possessions in those non-garbage time minutes, so the net rating only 21st in the league. And without Jared Allen, and they still have Evan Mobley, the rookie down there, and yep. Mobley's not a bad defender, but him and Jared Allen, I think when they combine, they were one of the better defensive units in the league. So, now you see this half-court defense falling apart without Jared Allen. They had, a, I think when Allen was on the floor, I think it was a 90.3 defensive rating. Now it's like 102.1. That's a pretty precipitous drop for for a Cleveland team that's still young and kind of learning how to win and whatnot. That being said, nine and a half is Feels kind like a of is a big number for a Nets team that I believe uh looking at what they've done, they are five and twenty-five and one as a home favorite this season. Mm. So it's like that's a big lay. And look, I'm usually not one that plays too much into like spread trends sure. and whatnot, but this is a big number because I think the market. And we've seen it in the futures market all year. They're still high on the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. They're still like, oh, this team is a championship contender. And maybe they might be. I've never really quite bought in to these guys. And and I think everybody is considering them like they're on the level of the Bucks and don't see the it. Celtics and whatnot. And I'm like, I don't necessarily think so. I know that they just covered against this team four days ago. They opened six and a half, closed eight and a half ended up winning by 11. So if you're laying the nets, you're not laying the best number here. You're, you're (laughs) I mean, this might be one. If you want to bet the Brooklyn nets, you might want to wait for an end game. And let's say Cleveland gets out to a little run, you know, of six minutes in the first quarter. They're out like 14 to six or something. Then maybe you can lay seven or six and a half or something like that. In game. Uh, I am tempted to take the Cavs here just simply because I think Brooklyn is overpriced, but The Cavs have fallen off a cliff defensively.
4: You know, I I look at, I mentioned this trends with the over that they've hit uh, pretty significantly in this matchup here, but this is now a second season, right? This is Mm -hmm. now a one game play in scenario here. Do we feel like it's going to feel like playoff basketball or an extension of the regular season where the points come more freely? Do you think things get a little bit tense?
3: No, I I, I think now, you know, because this is a. It's not, it's, an, it's a loser go home, essentially, with the 9-10. Now, this is the 7-8, mind right. you. Right. So, if you lose here, you still You're get not the necessarily winner. you done. You still host whoever wins that 9-10 game. In right. this case, it would be uh, Charlotte and Atlanta. They're going to play Wednesday. So, you will still host on Friday night. So, it's not lose or go home, necessarily. But, obviously, you don't, you don't, don't have a margin right. for error. This is not, you know, a five-game or seven-game series here. So, You want to be out there, so I'm interested to see what the total is going to be. Now, the total, I think, opened 229.5. This has dropped substantially, 226.5, because I think of what you just said. This is playoff basketball. This is not what we've been seeing in the regular season. You no. know, over the last couple of weeks, where it's like, okay, who's resting? <laughs> who's playing? Which teams are tanking? Which teams are going for it? Which teams are trying to avoid this seed to play this team and whatnot? Now it's the playoffs. Now there's no avoiding. There's no running. There's no hiding. So you've got to you've got to be ready to play right away. There's no Jake in any more games. Let's
4: talk about the West here in the 7-8 matchup there. That'll be the Clippers against the T-Wolves. And this one opened up with Minnesota laying three. The over-under rather high at 230 and a half here. Uh, And that's where we see these numbers right here at BetMGM. The T-Wolves have been a very interesting team. Certainly Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a pleasant surprise to some. Uh, Not sure that the Clippers, with all their injuries, the way that we thought maybe this season would go for them, Clippers, by the way, 4-1 ATS in the last five overall. And the over in this meeting, the last 17 with Minnesota's hit 12 of those 17 times. What do you make of this matchup here?
3: Yeah, Clippers have been a little bit of the hot team here simply because, look, Paul George being back, I think really helps an offense that was uh, pretty pretty damn anemic for for a while during the season. They've won six of the last seven. They're 5-2 ATS in those seven. And it's because Paul George is really back, but you also got to keep in the context of who the Clippers played in that seven game stretch. You had Chicago, new Orleans, and our Chicago is a playoff team, new Orleans, barely in Sacramento, Oklahoma city. They all rank 18th or lower in defensive efficiency, Milwaukee and Phoenix, who they played during that stretch were both resting starters. Mm-hmm. And then that one game, I think it was the first game PG came back was that 21-point comeback point comeback against Utah right. where the Clippers were a disaster in the first half and just the <laughs> Jazz kind of fell asleep. So I don't know how much to buy in on the Clippers, but you are getting a Minnesota team that kind of, I think, you know, maybe running on fumes coming into the playoffs. We shall see last 10 games, Minnesota given up almost 121 points per 100 possessions. Whoa. The net rating's been bad minus four. I think they're four and six straight up three and seven ATS in their last 10. So the perimeter defense for the Timberwolves stinks. Not I mean, good. They, gi- they give up the dribble penetration. They give up the drive and kick. So you're going to get a chance to get open threes against these guys. And look, Clippers, 38% from the three is a team. That's the second highest in the league. And uh, they also, you know, get a lot of catch and shoot threes, led the league in those opportunities. So, you know, in terms of the number, I don't think that there's necessarily a lot of value. If you get to three and a half, which you're, I think you're starting to see now, or you maybe get to four, I think you're going to see buyback on the Clippers because I think, you know, you're seeing most of them. I think BetMGM MGM still has a three and a half right now, but, most of the market is at three. Hmm. So I feel like when it gets to about three and a half or so, it kind of disappears. And you really haven't seen much of a drop on the total either. I think it's kind of right where it is Stayed by March right as an opener, 230 and a half. And the reason why is because of the numbers I gave a couple minutes ago, just about how the Clippers are very good in terms of shooting the three, especially on catch and shoot, and Minnesota not very good defensively on the perimeter. So I do wonder a little bit about the Timberwolves uh, in terms of the fact that this is not a team that has a lot of playoff experience. The talent finally healthy and coming together with cat and with Edwards, the, the former number one pick mm-hmm. and D'Angelo Russell, you know, it's like now they finally had the dudes that were all they healthy together yep. and they do have talent, but they don't have a lot of playoff experience. So I do wonder if they get to this point, because the Clippers do have a fair amount of guys, even without Kawhi, right? They, you know, you still have a, uh, Paul, Paul George and, and all of those guys that have played in, in big Zubach and whatnot, they've all played in big playoff games and big playoff series. So there's something to be said for that. But right now, I'm staying away here. I would lean Clippers, especially if I could get four. I don't know if four is coming, though, because every time it goes to three and a half, they disappear.
4: Uh, very quickly, a couple of years now, we've been doing this with, with the play-in scenario. Do we like this? Like, from a gambling standpoint, it's fun to have something on a Tuesday night. You know, I
3: don't mind it. I think it's a a little different, but I don't mind, you know, because it gives intrigues. And, obviously, they want fewer teams doing what a lot of these teams did late in the season, you know. And I'm thinking of the Pacers and the Blazers and the Thunder. Some of those games are really bad. And those are the ones that are impossible (laughs) to bet because you don't know who's going to play. You don't know what kind of effort these guys are going to give. Houston, that's another team I'll throw in there for that. But, I think it gets more teams and more franchises involved in really high-leverage games, so I actually like this scenario.
4: All right, Wes is a plus for Wes. I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued, I will say. I, I just want the anti-tanking. I don't know if the NBA has figured out a way to do that just yet. When we come back, Major League Baseball is upon us. We're going to talk a little bit about today's games and maybe some early season trends. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on BC we push but right you know. Everything you need to bet on baseball this season with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Our all-digital MLB guide at VEASAN.com is available now. And Adam Burke has futures and team previews and best bets for all 30 teams, plus Jason Weingarten's got MB- uh, MLB future bets, trends, and more. So sign up today and get full access to VEASAN through the NFL Draft for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash spring. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi Line Right here on Visa, we do have some news and notes before we get back to Major League Baseball here. And one involving Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks going to take on Utah in their first round series. I'm seeing in the first game Mm -hmm. some prices where Utah's as big as four, four and a half point favorites. And that's because Luka right now, Wes, we don't know.
3: Yeah, and and that's hitting the board right now. It's hitting the screen. I think it was like three and a half. Now you're seeing up to four and a half. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look, I'm trying to uh, find the uh, series price here. Yeah, Jazz now up at BetMGM, I think up to about $1.90 in the series. That's kind of the market consensus because it said no timetable for the return. So maybe you're assuming he's at least going to miss the first game because he's going through treatment on the calf right now. So – no timetable. Obviously, uh the Mavs did get home court for the series because they got the four. The Jazz got the five. Jazz kind of the team that fell off oh, they a little sure bit did. late in the season in the Western Conference. Might get a gift though with uh Dallas without Luca. I don't see I don't see them going very far. No. Certainly not winning that first round series. So that is being adjusted accordingly, but As of right now, not confirmed that he's going to miss, but it's out indefinitely. Mm. So when at least it's out indefinitely, that makes me think, okay, he's probably not going to be ready to go for the weekend.
4: Well, let's see if he can pull Willis Reed, but you're right. Without Luka Doncic, it's going to be hard pressed for the Mavs to try to figure out a way to win that series, even though they have home court advantage.
3: Left calf strain, by the way, is what they are calling it. Of course, he got that April 10th in their win over San Antonio. So this from uh, Mavs PR at Mavs PR on Twitter The MRI confirmed the left calf strain for Luka Doncic, so uh, no timetable as of yet.
4: You know, we mentioned off the top of the show, obviously, Scottie Scheffler coming off the Masters win. The next major championship will be next month, and that will be the PGA Championship. That defending champion is Phil Mickelson, by the way, who did not play at Augusta National. But you have some news on not only Phil but also Tiger Woods. Well, uh,
3: a couple Twitter sleuths uh, were looking up the uh, entrant list on us the USGA website, and they do have an entry. So Tiger Woods technically entered into the field, oh. uh, uh, and, and then it gives the entry number name, Tiger Woods, Mailing City State, Jupiter, Florida, Country, <laughs> USA, that he is You know, he hasn't come out and said he's committed to the U.S. Open at Brookline uh, in June, but he does have an entry officially filed to be in the field. And then uh, Phil Mickelson also has one, Mailing City State, Scottsdale, Arizona. So right now they're at least have filed entries because entries opened on February 23rd and they close April 13th at 5 p.m. So you have to at least file your entry. That doesn't mean they're necessarily going to play but they're at least filed to maybe make a return appearance to Brookline. What, uh, a, first what time a Ryder had Cup a, that was. Yeah, first time they've had an event since that 99 Ryder Woo. Cup when uh, Justin Leonard made that big putt against yes. uh, Olaf Abel, and some of the Europeans were upset because the entire Team USA, and um, by the way, that day Team USA, I think, wore the ugliest Ryder Terrible. Cup outfit in history, but they did not play ugly as they dominated Sunday singles.
4: And one quick note on Brookline 99, for those that might remember the late great Payne Stewart, Amidst what you're talking about, the celebration after Justin Leonard hit that putt, the Americans were all celebrating champagne, mm-hmm. they're all on the green. Colin Montgomery had a putt, yes. a long putt of consequence because, you know, these things, the head to head matchups in your Ryder Cup, uh, th- those go on your ledger forever. And in the middle of that celebration, Payne Stewart walked over to Colin Montgomery picked up his coin shook his hand and have mm-hmm. the match with Colin Montgomery mm-hmm. which he would have won yeah. had Colin not yeah. made that pot. that was a very class moment no
3: and and it was good cuz i i'm sure knowing monty that uh he was uh, very pleased to see that entire american team <laughs> the american green yeah i guess
4: but but to your point it'll be uh, hopefully Phil Mickelson will be back we'll see if he's back to defend his PGA Championship next month again before we get to the U.S. Open, the third major uh, in the new calendar of the golf majors. Let's get back to Major League Baseball here very quickly because, Wes, you know, you and I were talking before the show, and I'm not going to bring up the heartbreak of my Metropolitans the last couple nights, but there have been some trends early on in the season, and I know you're always good about this. Trends should be your friend. Mm -hmm. We give you the information that's out there, and then you can do with it as you see fit, but don't get married to some of those trends that you might see. And certainly early on. And so far, right now we're seeing here, uh, and let me just do some ATS uh, trends that we're seeing so far. Away teams right now, almost 62% clip, 37 and 23. That's rather impressive. And again, the record overall is just 29 and 31, less than 50%. But still, not bad ATS trends. Uh, you look at the home team trends right now, and again, you can understand conversely, 23 and 37 just 39%. Uh, what do you make of some of these? And you see the faves and the dogs. Uh, is there any one of these that really jump out to you and say, wow, that's an interesting early season note?
3: Well, uh, probably it was more toward the away teams because you had some good teams on the road against some bad teams like, like your Mets. Against three the Three four against the Washington Nationals. So that's going to inflate your number a little bit. Uh, The Astros always very good on the road as uh, as they were taking care of business against the Angels, the Padres against the Diamondbacks. Mm So you had some teams that we expect a lot out of this season that were on the road, the White Sox against the Tigers. So, you know, maybe that is a little bit of the short term sample, because keep in mind, we're not we're not even a week into the season. So, you know. These are very short-term trends, and a lot of times, you know, these are going to regress, or you're going to maybe maybe they'll be like that for a month where it'll be, you know, away dogs will have a good number or home favorites will hit at a really good clip. You always see those little tendencies mm-hmm. throughout the season, and it really varies from month to month. But uh, the thing that I think is interesting and not really surprising, I want to ask Josh Towers about this. He'll be with us in the next hour as a pitcher did you feel like you had the advantage earlier in the season? Because you're seeing right now the unders, you know, percent cold clip, baby. and that's a big part of it. I think the weather is a big part of it. And I wonder, you know, just because you have the time so condensed, you didn't have a lot of spring training. So, you know, maybe batters aren't in rhythm. Maybe pitchers are in rhythm before because there's always that, you know, there used to be that sense. It used to work out that way in football the defenses were ahead of the offenses mm-hmm. early because the offenses were so predicated on timing sure. you know and i think hitters that's predicated on timing so oh, yeah. you'll eventually see this regress over time and maybe it's not this pronounced where it's 60-40 or a little bit over 60-40 but usually in april and now that we have a full season again we don't have a condensed season or you know we're not dealing with the with the covid restraints really in terms of these stadiums you're getting a more traditional baseball season now And more often than not, in April and even into early May, it's cold across the country. You know, as we approach the 80s out here and even had a couple days in the 90s last week, we're not the rest of the country. (laughs) So it's going to be cold in Chicago and in Detroit and in Cleveland and in Cincinnati and up in the Northeast. So that's what you're going to see. And then eventually, as it warms up late May and June, June, you start to see more often than not some runs on some overs a little bit. No question. Keep that in mind as you're adjusting your handicapping, obviously still do the individual matchup in terms of the pitching, in terms of, you know, batting splits, you know, which teams are good against lefties or maybe poor against righties, so on and so forth. So keep doing your normal handicapping, but just keep that in mind with this trend.
4: Yeah, no question about it. I remember I learned a very valuable lesson from the late great uh, Frank Robinson at the very first Washington Nationals training camp, and we're down there at spring training, and these guys are mashing and they're raking. It's 80 degrees, and it's Mm -hmm. Ocala, Florida. And I, I said, you know, I said, uh, Frank, has anybody impressed you? And he said, impressed me with what? And I said, I don't know, you know, in the cages. He goes, the cages? Mm-hmm. He goes, I'm 70. I can look good in the cages. Point being, nothing that happens down there. All they're trying to do is get rhythm and timing. Yes. Then they came back up to D.C. and they couldn't hit. Right. It's cold. And these guys, they get in on the hands. We, we saw it in the golf at, at Augusta National. Kyle Morcala, you couldn't even recognize him on Saturday. These, he looks like he was going
3: to take a run at the giant <laughs> slalom, like on the Super G course over somewhere in Europe at a ski competition.
4: That's it. Golfers don't like to golf in cold weather. Their scores go up. Baseball players don't like to hit in cold weather because it they, they, they just doesn't feel good in the hands. I think it's an excellent point. You see why the unders have trended so well early on in the early part of the season. I wonder if that will continue. But as the temperatures rise, you will see those batting averages go up. You'll see more home runs being hit. And I think right now, it is smart to play more of the unders. If you're in doubt... Wouldn't you Mm. say right now, check the temperature. And if it says under 55 degrees, you might be more apt to play unders. Yeah,
3: absolutely. And I mean, most of the totals now, because of this trend, you're seeing the unders get bet. Like if you're going to bet unders, I think this early in the season, and I recommend this, even if the trend wasn't as pronounced that we see on the screen, you want to bet them in the overnights because you know that they're going to drop. So you don't want to be betting under seven and a half or under seven when you could have got under eight in an overnight. Cause, uh, the key totals usually in baseball are the odd numbers, yes. seven. Nine, even 11, especially when you go to a place like Colorado Man. or Texas or someplace like that. So, uh, you know, keep in mind because you don't want to be getting cheated on or on a half a run. Like no. if that moves, I usually will just pass if I'm laying a bad number.
4: Yeah, no question about it. Yeah, we'll talk with Josh Towers next hour. I'm sure he loved pitching in this time of year uh, versus in the heat of the summer. When we come back, the King of New York, Will Hill, is going to join us. Come on back. It's the little body line right here in DC, the sports betting. Network.
1: There
0: are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables.
4: Uh, well, welcomes you rather with a special offer on the NHL the official betting partner of the BetMGM place a $10 money line wager on any game if either team scores a goal you're going to win $200 in free bets just use the bonus code VESAN200 plus you're going to earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into points and comps for rooms, restaurants, at over more than twenty MGM resorts nationwide. Download the app or go to betmgm.com. Use the bonus code VSEN200 to win tuna bucks and free bets. Eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be twenty-one years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non watchable Free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. And it is always a pleasure each and every Tuesday to have the King of New York, Will Hill. Not the Will Hill on Twitter, but he is the Will Hill when he joins us here. And we're going to talk about what we saw on Monday and maybe some of the observations that you might have had from Major League Baseball. And the way that you and I DM each other, Will, Heartbreak Hotel once again. What's going on in New York with those Metropolitans in that bullpen?
5: Yeah, usually my segments on this show are 5 to 6 minutes. Hopefully I can make it through the segment without <laughs> the Mets losing another pitcher in the meantime because <laughs> it's been May, Walker, DeGrom. They really should be 5 and 0. Oh. I mean, they, you know, you lose the game Sunday, all right, you won 3 out of 4, no big deal, but yesterday's one you really gave oh. away uh, up 4-1 in the 8th. Know led four nothing, never really tacked on, but still you should win that game. You know four one in the eighth, two outs, man on first. You got to get that game home, and it just uh, I like what I've seen. I think it's a good team. I do think they're a playoff team. Obviously need to, need uh, Degrom healthy. Uh, you could just sense though right away this eighth inning is probably going to be an issue uh the whole year because it was an issue Sunday, it was an issue yesterday. Who knows with May now with shoulder fatigue? uh Boy, it's it's tough nailing down these fast these last you know six nine outs. Diaz makes you nervous, so. They look like a good team, but that was a, a rough one yesterday, a rough one Sunday, too.
4: It, it really is. And again, I'm trying to go glass half full. I, it, Wes knows I feel like I'm in a therapy session with you guys every time we talk. But you're right. They should be 5-0 and right now. Instead, they're 3-2. and And Wes, this is something you and I discussed. Mm. We saw that win total come down from 91.5 down to 88.5. Uh, Will, would you recommend waiting on the Mets with those adjusted totals here? And again, assuming that DeGrom comes back, maybe you get better value on the Mets either to win the East and or the the National League, expecting DeGrom to come back maybe by the All-Star break.
5: Yeah, uh, again, boy, that's tough if you have to wait till the All-Star break to get Degrom, It sounds like that injury, once it goes away, it's okay. But who knows? He's had so many injuries. You know, injuries sometimes lead to other injuries, you know, overcompensating, that kind of thing. Uh, I like this team. I would still play the over. I think Lindor will have a bounce back year. You know, McGill was very impressive the other night. Scherzer was good, not great, but you expect him to be, you know, pretty much lights out. It's a good team. I figure Carrasco bounces back and has a good year again. The bullpen might be an issue. Uh, but again, all these teams have some sort of issue. Nobody's perfect. I like this Mets team. You know, I, I think Buck will keep them on track here. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to stay positive here with the Mets. We'll, we'll, we'll root for the Mets. And uh, I, I do think it's a good team. Still positive with the
3: Phillies, by the way, are taking money tonight, though, because yeah. it is McGill who did look good they in look his first great. start. But in his career against lefties, three twelve hitting against him, four uh, twelve weighted on base average. Obviously, Phillies got some guys that can hit lefties very well with Gregorius and Bryce Harper, and then uh, the addition of Warbear Kyle Schwarber, Indiana <laughs> University, by the way. So it didn't uh, take long. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we're gonna see uh, Phillies getting money. I think at least in the first five tonight. So we'll see how long McGill will last. But on to basketball, will we do? have some NBA tonight, uh, seven versus eight in both the Eastern and Western Conference. I'll start where you are in New York. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers all the way up to nine and a half are the Brooklyn Nets. So it seems like, you know, I know the Cavs are trending in the wrong direction, but you're paying for it. I think if you want to take the Nets tonight. Yeah, and Dave, we got an IU reference. We haven't gotten a
5: wrestling reference yet to it's complete coming. the Wes Reynolds bingo, but it's coming. We know it's coming. <laughs> uh, I like the Cavs tonight. If you watch the Nets, they don't pull away from anybody, even against the Pacers the other day, which is just a completely, you know, a tanking team. Yes. That's a back and forth game, a one-point game in the third quarter. Indiana scored one twenty-six on them. The Nets are just so small and not good enough defensively. They really need Simmons for all of his flaws. Uh, they're basically running three point guard size guys out there with, you know, Irving. Mills, either Curry, Drogic. it's just, it's a really small team. Now, Cleveland doesn't have Jared Allen, and they probably would need him to win. You know, it's one game, anything can happen in terms of the shooting, but uh, I, I think they would really need to you know, just control the glass, get second chance opportunities, play Mobley and Allen together. That would be the recipe to beat the Nets. It's going to be tough for Cleveland to win this game, but I think nine and a half is way too many points here. I like Cleveland plus
4: the points. Very quickly to both of you gentlemen here, you see it up to nine and a half now, and uh, Wes, let me start with you. Do you think this number reaches 10? If you want to back Cleveland, I'm kind of with you guys in this, mm-hmm. on this evaluation here. You might get 10, right? Because i got to think that the public money might come in on, on Brooklyn.
3: I mean, it could. I think when you see that, you might get some buyback, though. Obviously tough with the Cavaliers because I mentioned earlier about how bad their defense Awful. has been without Jared Allen. Like, Mobley, I think, is a solid defender. But when he's paired with somebody, like, he can't do it as a rookie. He can't do it right now all mm. by himself. But – yeah, I I could only take Cleveland at this point, even at nine and a half. Maybe it does get to 10, and I'm going to have to jump in.
4: All right, and uh, let's talk about the other game here very quickly. And, Will, when you look at Minnesota against the Clippers, I know you like L.A. We were talking about that line uh, right now, about three, three and a half. We're seeing might get as high as four. Uh, why do you think the Clips might be the right side tonight?
5: Yeah, I'm surprised Minnesota's taking money. Uh, to me, it's a toss-up game. You just take the points here. Uh, I think the Clippers can go small and play, you know, just a bunch of shooting out there. I think, you know, Towns is going to kill you, whatever you do, just go with the offense, maybe play Morris at center and go with the lineup of, you know, Morris, Powell, George, Connard uh, I know is banged up, but, you know, Reggie Jackson, you could just put a bunch of shooters out there uh, and, and lose a good coach. This is a good offensive team. They've done a great job this year with no Kawhi and no Paul George most of the year. To me, this is a toss up game. I, I would take the points here uh, with LA should be a fun game. You know, you see the total here, 230. I think it's a high scoring back and forth game. Uh, I just like Lou as a playoff coach. Now, one thing, he was down 2-0 in all three series last year. So he tends to be better, you know, in series adjustments, that kind of thing. You don't have that luxury. It's a one game and you're out here. So maybe that's uh, somewhat of a concern. But to me, Lou is a really good coach, uh, especially if you can get the four here. I would take the Clippers plus the points.
3: Well, uh, looking forward to the weekend, Uh, and now we got some series prices, except for the, obviously, the play-in teams who are going to be able to get in the playoffs in those seven and eight spots, but we got six other series out there, and the one, obviously, that is the biggest favorite amongst the series prices are the Milwaukee Bucks over the Chicago Bulls. They've owned this team Mm -hmm. pretty much all year long you're seeing as high as 1200 I believe is the consensus in the market uh-huh. to go ahead and win the series but I think you like the exact margin here is that the way you're going to play that
5: yeah and that actually opened up yesterday they made some bad numbers some of these books it was minus 700 which look I wouldn't come here and you know recommend minus 700 and say I'm a genius <laughs> for winning that but that's one where it's like look the series is going to be over in a week you're probably okay to lay, this, lay the minus 700 uh, 11 1200 it gets a little more you know pricey obviously but you can take the Bucks now. This opened Bucks minus two and a half games even money. That was a terrible line. It's down to Bucks minus two and a half minus one ninety. So we realized uh, now that was a a mistake by these books. But if you could take Bucks in four, I think you get them at three to one. Bucks in five around the same price plus two hundred. You know, pick your poison there. I'm going to pick a sweep. I just think the Bulls have just been non competitive against these upper echelon teams. Uh, you know, Milwaukee's killed them, beat them four times. Most of these games are blowouts. Uh, to me, this is a Milwaukee sweep. And uh, I really think, you know, we'll get to the West here in a minute, I think. But I think mm-hmm. the Bucks are headed back to the finals. I'm not sure they play a game seven. I think they they have, you know, a bit of a cakewalk to uh, to the finals here. I think they're much better than these other teams in the East.
4: Well, if they do get back to the NBA finals, I think you have a rematch from what we saw a year ago uh, against Phoenix again. And do you just think Phoenix is uh, just far and away the best team out West and don't really see much of a challenge out there either?
5: Yeah, they don't really get the credit for being this all-time great team, and they don't have that top three, top five player that we're used to having these dominant teams have, but what they want, 66 games, I think 31 and 13 against teams with winning records. And you look at the West, I mean, Curry's her, you know, Golden State just doesn't seem like they're going to be whole. Memphis, I don't think is ready. You know, Luka's out for Dallas. Uh, that's a bad team. Jokic is carrying in Denver. To me, this is a situation where uh, Phoenix is going to have a pretty easy path here to get back to a finals. and. Uh, you know, I think it's a very good chance if you want to pick exact finals matches, uh, a plus number at Milwaukee and Phoenix. I think we're absolutely headed for uh, a rematch of last summer. will got about
3: 30 seconds here. Obviously, we don't know all of the matchups depending on who's going to be in the play in any upsets that you see in a potential first round series, depending on who is coming out of these play in scenarios.
5: You know, I, I don't know if they would win it, but if you could get Atlanta as an eight versus Miami, I think they could bring them to six or seven. Remember, they're in the conference finals last year. It's a talented team. They've pr- played pretty well lately. Atlanta's one where I, I don't know if I'd pick them outright or pick take them plus the games against Miami if we get that series. But Atlanta's one that could be dangerous. I know uh, Toronto's been a, a trendy sleeper here. I, I'm off that just because so many people are picking it and beads the best player on the court. Uh, I'll go with Atlanta, though, if we can get them against Miami. The- Our guy
3: Simon Gersberg of shot quality, by the way, like that upset as At- well.
4: Absolutely. Will Hill. Got to follow him on Twitter as we do it. Not the Will Hill. And again, the thought of the day. Mets fans, stay positive.
5: Hard for me. To Hopefully take. nobody got hurt.
4: <laughs> well, we come back and talk more Major League Baseball. We've got a game that's getting ready at first pitch in a not-too-distant future. Come on back. It is these the these sports betting.